0: What's up, guys? Lisa here. Just want to let you guys know that rating and reviewing this podcast means the absolute world to me. And to encourage it, I'm reading out weekly reviews. This review comes from Coco09. Thank you, Lisa Bilyeu, for this podcast. I absolutely love it. I think you're so inspiring. And I really enjoyed the episode with Brenda Gilbert that I recently listened to. You women are truly amazing. And I happen to agree, Coco09. Brenda Gilbert is awesome. If you haven't checked it out, guys, you've got to go over and listen to it. Who would have thought that when I had today's Women of Impact on the show over a year ago, that her episode would be the most watched Women of Impact episode ever, with over 850,000 views to date and still climbing. Who would have thought that when she said on the show that she didn't think of herself as a businesswoman, she would then go on to start her own incredibly beautiful vegan fashion line with Samara. Who would have thought that when she came on, that she would soon after be asked by the legendary Jada Pinkett Smith to go on her smash hit Facebook show, Red Table Talks? Who would have thought? Well, every single human that ever came into contact with her would have thought it. That's who. Because her kindness, strength, humility, passion and drive gives off more radiation than the sun and has more gravitational pull than the moon. So please, help me in welcoming the woman that shines so bright, you need to get out your Factor 30 and put on your shades. The plant-based recipe developer and conscious cooking living enthusiast, the one, the only, my girl, Radi De Devluki Shetty
1: oh my gosh okay i always tell people you are the most epic person at introducing people like jay always talks about how like even tom when he does his stuff it's like the most elaborate extravagant it makes you feel like i said it last time like a superwoman i'm like i don't even see those things thank you so much let me tell you
0: maybe you don't see it but hopefully every other person that like ever meets you shows and says that they do. Oh my gosh. Because in just seeing from when you were here last on the show and what impact you've made in such a little time frame of a year mm-hmm. is incredible. And so that's where I really wanna pick off from the last episode that yeah. we shot. So last episode, you were somewhat unknown. Your husband, Jay, was of course, just doing incredible things, growing like weeds. Yes. Um, and since then, you've so much come into the spotlight. And the thing that I'm thinking of is, while it's beautiful, how many people are your cheerleaders for it and how many people are basically trying to pull you down now? Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a quote from you that I thought was really powerful. It's easy to be happy for people when you're either not doing the same things as you so you don't pose a threat and when you're Mm -hmm. doing well. But how do you feel when we see someone succeeding in ways we want to? It sounds like such a simple thing, to be happy for people. But a lot of the time, talking from my own experiences, there can often be immediate negative feelings after hearing someone's success or achievements. Sometimes even for things you don't even want. Because you see their happiness from that thing, it makes you a little bit a little bitter, can you relate? Mm. So first of all I wanna ask you how you felt in doing that and then have you felt other people be like that with you?
1: Yeah, I mean I definitely used to feel like that. And I couldn't understand why. It wasn't that I didn't love that person or like that person, but it was, well, at first, I, at first I always used to think, maybe it is, maybe I just don't like them. And my mind would tell me, maybe I just don't like them. When and, you weren't
0: happy for yeah,
1: them. Yeah, when I weren't happy for them. And when I actually started unwinding like, my thoughts and how I was feeling about it, I actually realized it was because I wasn't happy in what I was doing, mm-hmm. that it's not even that I wanted to do. Like, I, I love artists. I think they're incredible, incredible in what they do, but I don't want to be an artist. But when I would see people succeeding in, you know, the type or being happy and, and achieving what they want to in whatever field it was, in my mind, it made me think, oh, maybe that's what I want to do. But it was only because I saw their happiness linked to that. And so when I then started unwinding that and seeing that actually it's not about them in any way, it's me trying to find that thing that I feel like that about. And so once I found that for me and once I really started to see that quality in me, I was like, I don't want to do that. And so as soon as I started understanding that, it made me so much less uh, like it's jealousy and jealousy only stems when you don't have that like spark in you that makes you feel content about your own life. So how did you switch it around? So let's say I I get the whole
0: like you wanted someone to be happy or you wanted to be happy. You saw other people's happiness, but it wasn't in a, let's say, category that you dealt with yeah so take now you Mm -hmm. see other vegan chefs let's say yeah um have you felt that like twinge of jealousy or have you in the past in that specific category and then if so Mm -hmm. how do you actually work on it what does that look like
1: yeah i um I think before I started becoming serious about what I wanted to do, I definitely felt like that about like every time I would see something to do with veganism or this person doing all these cooking videos. And I was like, gosh, like, that's so amazing. Like, Why am I not doing it? Why can't I do that? And then I just realized I was so damn lazy. Mm-hmm. And if I put in the work to do that, then I could do it. Like it's, it's literally not got anything to do with them succeeding. It's to do with the fact that I actually am not putting in the work. I see the people putting in the work in different areas and in my own area and they are are making it happen. And I was the type of person who would sit and I would make like charts about all the things I want to do. And uh, there'd be pages and pages and pages. And by the time I get to the end, I would have thought about it so much. It's become this huge thing, like a monster in front of me. And I'm like, "Mm, let's shut this book. Let's not do this. And it was really taking a step back and looking at myself and being like, you're just not doing the work. Like, full stop, you are not doing the work, you're not putting in the effort, and so you're not getting the result. And I think when I saw that about myself, I was like, I can't be upset or angry or Mm. jealous of these other people that are putting in the work, because it's really showing me what it takes to get there. That's amazing. Um, And that's definitely helped me. And and I've now been able to look back, like take a step back and look at myself when I'm thinking of doing these videos. Thinking about doing cooking videos for like, I don't know, probably two years now. And I realized it's because I would be too scared of like, what if this doesn't work? And what if this doesn't work? Um, either me getting afraid to fail, like the fear of failure, the fear of the unknown, and I was like, no, just put in the work, make mistakes, and you can do the same thing as as all these other people in your field are doing. So, when's your cooking show coming out? I know, yeah, <laughs> we're next year. Okay, so let's talk about then the fear
0: because mm-hmm. in our last episode we had spoken about we fear. You moving to New York. Yes. So, um, so how do you unpack that fear now? Mm-hmm. Um, when it's a different um, situation, so fearing back then, almost you didn't really have anything to lose because yeah. you didn't. People didn't know who you were. No one knew who really Jay was. So it's kind of like if you're failing, you're kind of doing it behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But now, if you fail. Um, which, let's face it, inevitably you will, because yeah. we all do, you're now doing it in a, on a much public, um, much more public forum. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, does that weigh into um, decision-making, and does that bring on more fear for you? And then if so, how do you overcome it?
1: i think more than fear it brings on like a feeling of responsibility okay and like i just think the reason is i'm like oh i want this content to be so good that it like relates to people and it does this for people and does this and so now like my whole thing is like how am i making these people feel from the way that if they've given me a platform like this to be able to affect their lives in some way i'm like it better be good because mm. if they're trusting in me and they're for some reason believing things that i say it has to be right mm. and so i feel like more than fear i think fear is is something that you can that can be the initial reaction but actually when i think about where that fear comes from i'm like no it's that i never want to disappoint like i think the disappointing people as well makes a big fear factor for me like that's something disappointing people and also just leading people in a direction where is not authentic to what i actually want and i found that actually in um you know as soon as you get a number, a certain number of followers, that people want to do sponsored posts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had a few things that actually came to me, which I ended up agreeing on just because at face value, it looked like something that could have been incredible to share with the community. And a lot of people were not happy with it and I took it down. Mm. And that fear of like the way that I got attacked, like kind of like people like, how could you post this? Do you not know what this company does? Do you not know? And I was like, I actually had no idea. And if I did, I would not have done that. Mm. Um, And so I think that's more of the fear of people thinking of you in a certain way rather than and like if it was the way that i intended it to me fine think of me in that way but i think it's really trying to detach from that has been quite difficult for me
0: oh that's interesting so you think it's basically the intention behind it
1: yeah because
0: you said you pulled it down and the thing that i'm finding is there's always going to be haters It doesn't matter what you do. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you're trying to do good in the world Mm -hmm. um, by creating bags that, you know, a vegan fashion line, or it doesn't matter. Like you're gonna find people that are gonna hate on you. Whether you're, you know, huge like you are now, or, you know, someone with only a thousand followers. So how do you, um, like, kind of separate mm-hmm. what is actually real and authentic to you um, and still bringing value to people. And then other things like, oh, this is a bad company. I shouldn't be, spo- be sponsored by them.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I found that really difficult. And I think it's just, my thing is into is completely intention. It's like with the bag that, I put, that I've produced, I was so excited because it was the first time I was, I was hoping to represent a vegan luxury brand that doesn't harm animals in the process. Mm-hmm. And that was my intention with it. And then there are obviously people who feel that the, you know, the, the uh, material that we've used is, is somewhat harmful to the environment, which I agree to. Um, but I think, you know, there's in every single thing that I have tried to do with good intention, there have been people who have spoken, who've, who've kind of um, challenged it mm. of like, what is this bag made from? What is this? What is this? What is this? Like, you know, you know, you're st- what's the point of having this bag if you're still harming the environment? And I was like, but it's for like, yes, agreed, but it's also for a different purpose. And it's it's just small steps towards things. And I just don't believe in judgment to the point of like criticizing someone and like in, in such a, in such a, um, aggressive way, please inform me, like, please educate me. But now I've literally just always refining my intention of why I'm doing something. Mm. And if I really believe in it, and I know that it's for a good purpose, then I mean, I remember you put up something and it was so true and we'd spoken about it where it's actually completely based on how the other person is feeling. And so on that note, like I you can't even get mad at them and you can't even. And since we've had that conversation, it actually made me see things in a completely different light. You said, you know, how is that person going to like, how must that person be feeling to be responding in this way? Um, And you know, if you're speaking with aggression, maybe they've got something going on, but I will take the essence of what they're saying. And I have, and I'm like, let me make a bag. You know, we've been discussing making a bag from apple leather, which is made completely from the waste mm-hmm. of um, the juicing industry. Mm-hmm. And so that is things that we've been working on, but it's just baby steps. I'm like, nothing can be perfect and you just yeah. have to grow with it and learn from everything that you're doing. How do you not get trapped
0: though, in the defending yourself, right? Because yeah, I don't whether on social or someone right now has just got someone in their lives where it's like they're attacking them you know they're like chipping Mm -hmm. away then why are you doing this why are you doing that um their intention might not be 100 Mm percent pure um at least for me i used to always go into defensive mode which would then get me really upset and angry and it would become self-destructive and
1: it kind of it kind of makes you become a person that you're not actually yes like a defensive mode for me makes me into this like why am I defending myself? Am I defending myself because of ego, because people are say- not seeing me respond and, and fight for my place in this, in this argument? Or is it because I really have realised, crap, my intention was not good and maybe I feel, I feel upset about that mm-hmm. and it's coming out as aggression. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, now I, it definitely has detached me from it because I'm like, it's just intention. And if I want to speak to you about it, we're going to have a conversation, but it's going to be on a respectful level, not on an aggressive way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You are so mindful Um, and you talk
0: about your spirituality and how meditating in the morning Mm. makes such a difference to how you feel during the day. Um, I think you said that you're actually um, more snappy if you don't meditate and things like that. So, um, talk to me about how you really embody that and how it really does affect your life. Um, because Mm -hmm. I'm such a fan of meditation. I try, I still think I'm terrible. (laughs) Um, I still want to learn, but I've heard so many incredible things. So tell me how you use it to better your day and like, your communication with people and everything mm-hmm. like that yeah
1: i remember uh, making this video about uh, i used to call it the the effect of meditation for me was the bhakti bubble bhakti in sanskrit means like love and i don't think it's the amount of time that you necessarily spend it's the depth that you go into okay. and i I've, I've, i spend about an hour and a half in the mornings meditating oh. and um, sometimes the quality can be so wonderful and sometimes it can be I can be sitting there for an hour and a half and my mind will be wandering everywhere. And I have you know, ups and downs with my meditations, but I make sure I do the practice every morning. Um, and I do find the days that I have had like incredible depth and I've really been able to disconnect from my surroundings. It's just almost like a filter because I've noticed myself On the days where my meditation practice hasn't been great or the weeks that my meditation practice hasn't been great and the weeks that it has been and the way that i'm able to um yeah communicate with people with so much more love it's like the words come out of my mouth and it goes through a filter of my meditation practice i'm like wait this is how it can actually this is how my mind processes it better and this is how i need to say it to her or say it to him Mm. um and even just productivity, like, I just feel like as soon as I know that my meditation practice is done in the morning, it gives me so much enthusiasm to continue with my day in a productive way. Um, and I do mantra meditation, which are specific words, which actually carry spiritual energy, It said. And so those words that you're saying, the more you repeat them, it's seen as like a cleansing process. Mm. And so you're cleansing. And I notice that, like, when I am really in my meditation practice, it brings up a lot of stuff as well. And it helps to purify you with those, with those sounds. And so, um, yeah, I find it's a purification process. It's a process that really brings things to the surface for me to be able to like look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, these are the things I need to work on. But at the same time, it just makes me, I feel the best version of myself. Like if there, if there was the best version of myself, then I know those are the days, the days that I meditated that, that I really am that, that person. Yeah.
0: all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. I freaking um, love that you talk all about that stuff on your social and you're very authentic and very you. And you've made, (laughs) um, in my eyes, you've made meditation cool. Oh, cool. You, thanks. You really have. And what I love about your social and what you talk about is you talk about, like, certain, like really serious things. And you talk about your spirituality and what you've learned. And then you're next thing doing, like, this little wiggle <laughs> um, boomerang. My, my no-rhythm
1: dances, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but it's so authentic. And oh, that's thanks. what I love. And everything that you do that I've noticed is really, it seems like you have a purpose and you really do want mm. to help other people. And I wanted to talk about that because... Um, it's a big responsibility mm-hmm. that you and Jay are taking on, on really creating, um, on having a purpose and really wanting to create impact. And I had a quote of yours and I loved it so much and I really wanted to go deep on it. Where mm-hmm. you said, I once heard if you try to help a caterpillar out of its cocoon, it will never manage to actually evolve into a butterfly. Mm-hmm. The struggle, the effort, that discomfort is actually all part of the transition to turn into that beautiful butterfly. Yeah. Um, so if we know, that you sometimes you just can't help people. They Mm -hmm. have to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And if your mission really is to help people, how do you, where's that fine line for you on giving advice but not taking responsibility for people? Yeah. How do you let go and let them be them?
1: Yeah, I had this um, growing up, regardless of whether it was my friends or anybody I had in my life, I was a fixer. Like I always wanted, I always ended up, attracting maybe because of the energy I was giving out people that needed to be in Verticom fixed Mm -hmm. or that I felt I could help and you know my mom always used to say like you know you always have friends that are always coming to you for advice and at those times I was always expecting them to take my advice and I'm like oh well if you don't take my advice then what's the point of me giving it to you and i realized that actually that's such a terrible mentality because if you're trying to impart knowledge and like give people advice give it with the expectation of nothing in return Mm. especially when it comes with advice or knowledge because they don't owe you that you're choosing to give that advice and you are choosing to give that knowledge to people so it's it's completely my it's my if i decide to do it or not it's my choice Mm. and so and whether they take it on or not it's their choice and it's not my uh i don't have a right to tell them whether they should or should not do it and so with this struggle i i mean i feel like that that was my story too i had to go through a certain struggle to really um become the person that i feel i was always meant to be and having been through that myself i see that in people i'm like there's only so much you can help people until they want to help themselves Mm -hmm. And I think detaching, and with family, it's hard because it's like you're doing it because you want to see them succeed. You want to see them be happy. But I mean, if you're not doing it for yourself, then there's only so much you can have. It's, it's like, you can have all the, all the skills, all the tools, all the people in your life that you possibly need to succeed, but are you gonna take them? Are you gonna use them? Are you gonna use those ingredients that you've got to make an incredible cake or are you gonna just let it sit there and, and not, like, you know, it won't happen? Mm. So, um, but how do you
0: emotionally detach from that? Because if it's someone that's close to you mm-hmm. and you so want them to be happy, yeah. and you can, it is so obvious to you what they're doing is a mistake. Mm. Let's just say, yeah, how do you
1: detach
0: from that? And then when they go and then they do it, let's say, and they make a mistake and they come back to you, do you still give them advice?
1: I do, really, just out of compassion, because mm. I'm like, I'm sure I've been in that situation mm. where I've made mistakes and. You know, it's it's the path of struggling to whatever mistake they are making. There's obviously a reason they keep going back to that. Whether it's comfort, whether it's habit, whether it's, you know, a feeling of where that pain for some reason makes them feel happier. I just think... I think the more you can see life with compassion, the easier your life gets because you're just giving and you, you know, there are people who are going to nourish you. And then there are just some people who are going to take from you. And that's kind of like a cycle that I've, I've gotten used to. Mm. And it's not necessarily the people you're giving to that are going to replenish you. Mm. And so I do keep giving, but I, but I learned my distance of, okay, this is what I'm telling you. Now, whether you carry through with this, I'm I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to invest into that part. I'm giving you everything I feel is going to help you. But I don't know how to emotionally detach from family because there's such a tie like it's a genetic bond that you've got with them, a bond of love, a bond of like having grown up with them. To detach from that you're always going to care, but mm-hmm. don't let that care turn into like anxiety for yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I've put, put put the barrier. That's- I'm like, I'm going to keep giving to you until I get to a point where I feel like it's causing a negative impact in my life. And sometimes you have to be selfish in that way. So what do you do then in those instances? Um, Like, honestly, that's my solution. I give without the expectation of whether they're going to carry through with it or receive. Mm. And maybe sometimes for those people, they have to go through a phase where they've got nobody and they have to push themselves out of it. And some people need that. Some people need that push to just be them and to realize the struggles that they go through. And maybe they haven't taken advantage of all the people that are there. And without them there, they'll maybe realize that, okay, actually I had it really good. And Mm. I had so many people who loved and cared for me. Um, And sometimes it takes that, takes that loneliness to to really come out of it. Mm which sounds really harsh, sorry. But actually, maybe they but, need to be lonely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there is some truth to that, right? Yeah. I think that
0: going back to what you said earlier, there's certain things you had to go through mm-hmm. and face yourself, otherwise you wouldn't have learnt the lesson. Yeah. Um, how are you at setting boundaries then with, because you're so compassionate, you're mm. so loving and giving to the people around you, um, So how do you set boundaries in your life, especially now as you're so much in the public eye, as your husband's so much in the public eye? um, I would have to imagine you would have to set boundaries. And so whether it's, you know, to your extreme or again, it's somebody just struggling where their mum is just like in their lives all the time and they just need to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Are you able to set boundaries? And if so, how do you do that? kind of like if my health suffers I just have to say no yes. to people okay yes like and that like if I start to feel like I'm weak my stomach's hurting I'm not sleeping well it's my thing of saying just stretching yourself too yes. much and you have to set a boundary otherwise your health's gonna you know go there so I kind of do the if you don't do this then this is gonna happen yes. and so then it becomes very easy to me to set a
1: boundary and say okay this is the line yeah so we when we're going out, whether I'm going to an event that starts at like eight o'clock, I will go there for an hour and I will leave and I will be in bed. Like there'll be certain times when we stay up like past 12 or whatever. But I know for me, getting up in the morning and doing my meditation practice or whatever it is, is really important to me. Having sleep is really important to me because me on on lack of sleep for a couple of days, I'm just not who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so we leave events early. We leave parties early. We'll, we won't go to the afterthought. Whatever it is, we will make sure that we are at home. Sleeping at a decent time for us to have the energy in the morning. And so we do cut boundaries like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Jay, he... Yeah, seeing him in events, and I'm sure Tom's the same, it's like they give out so much energy when they're speaking to people and when they're, you know, taking on people's energy too. And then you come out, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. I need to sleep for like three days. Yeah. Um, How do you...
0: Speaking of Jay on stage mm-hmm. and all the events that he does and stuff, I'm sure... People then, because they see Jay on stage and they have this you know, um, understanding of who he is and what mm-hmm. he's doing in life, I can only imagine how much then pressure that puts on you. Um, because mm-hmm. I get the pressure as Tom's wife. Forget right. about the business that we yeah. run and all of that, just as Tom's wife, there is definitely a certain amount of expectation and pressure put upon me to be a certain way because they see Tom in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Do you get people like that that put pressure on you to be a certain way? Um, because mm. of Jay's success?
1: Um, we actually have lead quite like separate lives, but together. Like I don't feel like people, because of how things have now panned out, I feel like people see me as a separate Until Like I am Jay Shetty's wife in some ways. Uh, in, in all ways. Some ways. But like in, in, to some people, like I am Jay, Jay yeah, Shetty's wife to people who just know him. You, yeah. But I have found that like because of the person that I am online, which I find is a very... Like I represent who I am very much, like a lot on yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. Now, when people meet me in person, um, they expect that person. And for me, I, like I, I, kind of like haven't like told people that I'm actually a social introvert when I first meet people. And so, I really want to be so excited and like I want to hug you. And I want to, but like my, I get a little bit of social anxiety when I first meet people. And so I'm actually quite, especially for the first time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, like I, I, wanna, I want them to get whatever they feel they are expecting from me. But I end up kind of shutting down and I'm mm-hmm. like this, like and then I open up a little bit, but not as much as I would if like we're hanging out and the person that for some reason I can be online. But I'm really working on that because I feel like I can end up seeming like a very quiet person when people meet me mm-hmm. in real life and um it's not me it is me but it's it's very much the person that i usually am when i like with events that i go to with jay i pick one person that i talk to the whole night and i'm like let me find someone that loves talking about food great you are my person for the rest of the night and i do have that like i have a very like and once i've been in a social situation with lots of people for a while i need to go home and be by myself Mm. for a while so i i do have that that like introvert tendencies that i'm i'm trying to like balance between when so, I what advice people. would you
0: give someone? Where, because I'm sure some people at home right now are freaking out. They're like, "What? She has says that she has social anxiety. That's insane." Yeah. I know. So what would you advise other people? Because you've, you, you're you in a situation now where I think you've grown, you've spent a lot of years working on yourself and so you don't let the social anxiety hold you back. Yes. But what yeah. about the people that do let that them hold mm. them back? Because they're purely paralyzed when they get into social environments.
1: Yeah. I think to really get over it, either you have to start off and like practically start off in much smaller situations where you're with a lot of people that care about you and where you feel protected and cared for. Like a lot of the time I'd make sure I'm taking like one of my friends with me that I feel is like There with, and I know it seems like a crutch, but at the same time, it's just a feeling of comfort, a feeling of familiarity that I feel I need to be able to um, embrace people with the love that they deserve. Mm. Because I'm feeling that love from, I'm feeling that love from them, but it's unfamiliar. But that love from like my husband or my friends, it's familiar for me, so I'm able to be myself a little bit more. Um, but for people who don't necessarily have that, then yeah, just, just work your way through like small events and, and pick certain people that you, you feel attracted to, to speak to and, and work from that. You don't have to be like the center of the party. That doesn't have to be you. You can just build a deep, deep uh, conversation with one person and, and that can feel meaningful. And every time I think of it in that way, I'm like, that's so lovely to be able to like take in that loving energy and find like you don't have to accept that you're you're those things. You don't have to even like believe that you've done that for them, but give that back to them in that same way, reciprocate Mm. that energy. Mm. And I think that's what's really important. I want them to feel like the energy is reciprocated, whoever it is that speaks to me. Like if you're giving me so much love, I want you to feel that love back too, because that's how I'm feeling inside and it's just being able to express that out. I mean, that's exactly
0: what my intro was about. It's like everybody that meets you, like you so embody the love, like you just can't fake that shit as far as I'm concerned. You were you so freaking humble. You always have been since I first met you. You haven't changed a damn bit. Okay. Um, and the one thing that I loved so much about the first episode that we mm. had spoken about was about body image. And you were yes. so open about that. And I actually have a clip to play. Okay. <clears throat> Can you explain to me why
1: you're getting emotional? I guess when I talk about it, it just takes me back to when I felt like that. But, um, you know, in a positive way, in the way that I remember feeling like that, and it definitely got, I came out of it so much stronger. But it's an intense feeling to feel as if you don't have, like, you don't know what you, what you have to offer to other people. And that's why I think physical appearance ends up being something you feel you can change easier. Hmm. So it's like, OK, I don't feel like I have any qualities, so... Let me change as much about myself that I can mm. externally. I think you can focus on external so much easier because it's something that you feel you can change. Mm-hmm. And it's something you feel that, OK, I can go out and get this makeup or go out and do this to my hair. And externally, I can put mm-hmm. up a facade of somebody that I am. But who are you ex- internally? That's what actually ends up making a difference. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why I think it links to, to physical, because I th- feel like I could have gone down that.
0: So um, I really want to talk about that mm. because I loved how vulnerable you were. And you're still just as vulnerable and open about things like that. And struggling with it when people don't know who you are is freaking difficult as it is. Mm-hmm. And you even said, like, I still struggle with it. And now you're in the public eye, you've got a lot more pressure. Um, how, how do you handle it now? Is it still as prominent in your life? Is it something that you feel like you've gotten over? um talk to me about
1: that um i think it's something which i've definitely um moved forward from um i feel like at that point i was still feeling those emotions because it was it must have felt so raw because Mm -hmm. i had been feeling like that for such a long time but i think now i've turned my mindset into i work out because it makes me feel so incredible like it makes me feel strong and now i actually do more workouts that make me feel like that strength that strengthening rather than like weight loss or trying to make my body a certain way and actually just with that shift in mindset of like i just want to feel like the strong i want to feel the strongest that i've ever felt Mm -hmm. i want to feel the healthiest that i've ever felt and actually just those feelings has completely changed the way that i view my body um and i'm like oh wow i can lift these weights that's so cool like my arms are so strong like my legs are so strong and it's become so much more about health and wellness rather than how I physically look. Mm. Um, And it's definitely like that mindset, that shift in mindset has completely changed the way I view my body and the things that I like decide to wear and um, how I carry myself even. And I'm not like looking on scales and I'm not trying to figure out whether I fit into certain things. I'm like, I just feel great in my body and in my mind and not having to, that, that energy that goes into those thoughts takes up so much time, like so much time, so much energy. And you're, you're worrying about what, the way that people are looking at you and whether they think that like a certain part of you looks fat or too skinny or whatever it is. But instead, why not just think about like, wow, I feel so great. Like my arms feel like strong. I feel like I can carry myself so much better. And those things are for me, like so much better indicators and so much healthier for my mind to think of my body in that way because it filters through to everything else. It filters through to the way that you react to people who, now when I see people with like, you know, incredibly ripped bodies, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like you put in so much work, like that's incredible. And then when I see people who have, um, you know, incredible voluptuous bodies, I'm like, that's incredible. Like it makes you appreciate other people's bodies so much more when you're f- focusing less on the negatives that you have going on on your bodies. Like uh, as soon as you see yourself in a better light, you're gonna see every single other person in a better light. Um, and embrace their unique unique body shapes and their, their the way that they carry themselves I love that yeah. um well, going from like the body image and how you 've really f-
0: um, like transitioned there is incredible and very powerful, um, and I can see in just the way you embody yourself oh, like it really does radiate off you, which is beautiful to see you. Um, because you 're in the food business let 's mm-hmm. say. I'm sure you have seen how much food is a comfort for people and how much it can be a crutch for people Mm -hmm. um, and how much um, foods can make people feel amazing. You know, if you're fueling your body in the right way, mm. and other times food can make people feel really shitty about themselves because they've overeaten and now yeah. they feel bad. Um, so, was there a relationship with you and food prior mm-hmm. that has a, ch- a change? Because I haven't heard you ever really talk about yeah. that, and I actually wanted to ask you because I don't know. Yeah. And then secondly, um, do you see that food can become triggers for people, um, and then how do you talk to people about that?
1: Yeah, I mean. I've always seen food as a comfort. It's like, oh, and and also something to build relationships over. Like I've always seen, especially, obviously we both know growing up in families where food is, it's like food centric. Yes. Um, And so, and it's actually, now I've had to really detach from it because so many of my um, family members have such restricted diets. Mm. And so we can't like go out and eat. And like, I don't do many other things socially. And so for me, food is always like, okay, let's go get something to eat. There's a new place open, let's do this, let's do this. And it's always seen as like a place to create relationships over for me. And also, I mean, look, sugar and carbs are always the things which make people feel better. Like they're the things that we see. We, we always, you know, um, go towards whenever we're having a crappy day or, well, some people do. But, you know, I would be like that. I'd be like, okay, I really need a pizza or I really want ice cream or whatever it is because that, that it's instant gratification. It's that instant feeling of feeling great. Um And I definitely had that. And I still, I guess, to a certain extent still do because whether it's a celebration or whether it's everything's linked to food. And I feel you've had to detach from that too. And, you know, the enjoyment sometimes Mm -hmm. goes out of it. But I realized like you can't just put all your enjoyment into this one thing, regardless of whether it's food or something else for another person food should be seen as something that really nourishes you. And yes, you can have treats. And yes, you should spoil yourself once in a while and get something that you really love eating. But um, also the mindset of what is um, comfort food also can change it's like now comfort food for me i'm like i just want a big bowl of soup and now when i've tuned into the foods that really nourish my Mm -hmm. body that i actually feel nourish me more than instant gratification to my mind okay and so the difference is like how does my digestion feel and how does my mind feel yeah my mind doesn't really want a soup right now but is it going to nourish my body in a way where afterwards i'm going to feel really happy yeah And a lot of the times when we're feeling really unwell, we crave those like bad things because our body thinks it wants that comfort, but really it wants foods which are nourishing. I think there's a big difference between your mind and your belly, what it's telling you. I want to know how much is habitual, right? It's like yes. we've been taught as kids,
0: it's like you go to the doctor, you For don't sure. feel good. What do they give you when you leave? Sugar. Sugar.
1: yeah. Right? You go so to right. the dentist,
0: what do they give you? Sugar. Sweet. Which is insane. I mean, I guess they do it so they can get more business. You come back afterwards. But, yes. um, <laughs> but um, I think a lot of it is habitual, right? Mm. We've just been taught growing up in every which way, not even just by our family, but yes. by professionals yes. that hey, when you're not feeling well, here's something to cheer yourself up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I think as we get older, we have, you know, it's been imprinted in us that you feel sick, you have sugar to make you feel better, but you're 100% right. Give your body the right food to then be able to get better.
1: Yeah, learn the difference between um, what you're craving because like of habitual stuff or what your body i think tuning into your own body which you've had to do so much and i've learned to do as well is just it's so important rather than going for yeah instant stuff like nothing instant is ever going to bring long-term benefits it just doesn't work like that and the more you feel nourished in your body in terms of like getting the right vitamins and minerals from the foods that you're eating the more you're going to feel well in yourself and the more your mind's even going to feel happier but the more you eat sugary foods mm. or the foods that give you that instant thing, the less you're actually going to feel nourished. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember the first time my health issues had really crashed and yeah. it was my first birthday when I had really major digest- yeah. digestive issues. And I could barely eat, and it was my birthday. And Tom was like, What do you want to do for your birthday? And I was like, Nothing, what can mm. I do? Yeah. And I was so miserable. Because you can't go out for a meal. Because I couldn't go out for a meal. Yeah. And so I was like, And he's like, But babe, it's your birthday, we need to celebrate. And literally, I was like, In my head, I was like, But I can't eat, so why celebrate? Yes. I literally yes. had, Like, that was, Well, why would I do it? And he's like, What are you talking about? He's like, We can do so much. I'm like, Like what? Yeah. Right, and this is, you know, four years ago when mm-hmm. I didn't really have a growth mindset. But I was like, Like what? And he was like, well, like, we can go shopping. He's like, I can book you a massage. He's like, I could rub your feet for you, you know, like, and he came up with all these lovely ideas and I was like, Bless him. there's actually really there's good so ideas. Much, there's so much more we can do. Yeah, but um, my my narrow mindedness went to if I can't eat,
1: the celebration is off. Yes, and we've we've had to learn that as well because so much of our like dates and stuff would be going out to like new vegan restaurants and whatever. And I just know that it really doesn't like suit him so well. And so now we're just like, okay, cool. Let's eat at home, and then we'll go do an activity. Right. Like just keep it simple. Yeah. Actually, the simpler the food, the better most of the time for your body. And then just yeah, find joy in other places and doing activities and. Whatever it is, but you don't have to. Yeah, don't. You don't need to put all your joy into food, which I think a lot of us do. Yeah, I definitely yeah. used to. Yeah. Um, so speaking about activities that you do yeah. with your husband. Yeah. Um,
0: it took you guys three years to go on your honeymoon. Yes. Um, I assume it's because he was so busy. Yeah, our, our schedule just did not allow so for it. So talk to me about how you don't become resentful over that sort of thing. Or do you become resentful? And if so, how do you yeah, get over
1: no, it? No, I really don't. Um, at all, I just, I really love what he does. And I know actually, I, I mean, I live with him. So I see him day in, day out. And it's not like he's taking time off for himself at all. Um, it's not like he's choosing to do other things over going on a honeymoon with me. It's him really living his purpose. And I just think like in in art, like the age that we're at now, if it's not to put in the most amount of effort to do what you love, then, you know, like what is the point like I don't want to wait for whenever you just don't know what's going to happen so I feel like he really lives life to his fullest and the best thing with him is you know even if he has had um, a really crazy week or whatever's going on he'll always prioritize me and regardless of how crazy his schedule is he always does that and so going on a honeymoon for us it was like okay cool whenever it comes it'll come right now there's a focus and right now there's a purpose of what we're doing um, and what he's doing and And the other thing what we have started to do is if our schedules have been have been so hectic and I've been away or he's been away, we just try every month that we are in L.A. to just go away somewhere for like two days and we just switch off and we spend time together. We catch up like we have our time. But I don't. Yeah, I never I don't feel resentment just because I've seen the way that he lives life and it's not. It's not self-indulgent in any way. Mm. It is literally to to do what he's doing and to just really help other people. And can't be mad at that. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, right. Yeah. And it
1: seems like
0: he shows you how how you, he feels about you on a daily basis yes, versus exactly. waiting for these
1: big, grand gestures. Exactly. Every single day. Like, he's so grateful. He's so, like always just so expressive and actually at the beginning of our relationship i found that so overwhelming because i was like relax like it's okay like i'm not used to this like you don't need to do this all the time but it's just him and it's just how he show love shows love and he does that with his mom and he shows that he he shows love to people in a very expressive way Mm -hmm. and it was me having to get on board with that and seeing that actually that's him in his natural state he loves giving out love and he loves showing people that he cares for them because he has the same mindset i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and i want you to know how much i care for you i love what you said that you get on board and the reason why that actually hit me
0: is because it's exactly what i do with tom and people will say like what's the magic to your long-lasting relationship yeah. you know we've been together for 19 years now yeah you have. Yeah. Yeah. and so i um and so people say you know how do you make it work and the truth is i don't try and change him i get on board mm. and he does the same with say, me yeah exactly like it has to go both ways because exactly. you can't you know, give up who you are, Mm-mm. but allowing that person to be who they are and loving them for it, yeah. instead of trying to change them and mold them into a person that you want them to be, like, it's so big. So when it's you said so that, true. that really hit me.
1: Yeah, and he's never, like, come to this event with me, like, you have to do this or yeah. you have to come here with me. Yeah. He's always like, do you, want, you know, he offers it to me. And if I'm like, you know, I kind of just feel like hanging out with my friends. He's like, there's not even like a, oh, but why, are you, nothing, none of that. Yeah. It's like, you do what you want to do that makes you happy. And he does what he wants to do that makes him happy. And we just support those values. And I think it has to be... Yeah, you're right. It has to be reciprocal. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there, there can be resentment. Yeah. Um, and it's quite nice that we do things in such different areas because, you know, he really shows so much interest in what I'm doing, but he has no clue about food. Right. Um, and in the same way, like, what he does, to a certain extent, I have no clue how he does what he does um, and how he has the energy and, like, the mindset for it. But he does it, and I really appreciate that about him, and I really support him for it. Yeah. So... Um, Yeah, it took a while though to get there. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I think it takes a while in any kind of relationship. You've been by yourself for so long. To then try and, um, you know, mould some of your life to to another person. Like, we're selfish as human beings. Like, naturally, it's so easy to be like me, like I, me and mine. Like, everything has to revolve around me. Whereas, um, yeah, being in a relationship, I think it takes a while to understand just love languages and it takes a while to really understand how it is that you can support the other person. It may not be in the way that you think. Um, and I was doing that wrong for a long time. And in some ways he was doing that wrong for me as well. We were giving each other what we wanted ourselves rather than what that other person needed from us. We'd realized we were really trying to communicate in, in ways which the other person was not understanding. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, you know, my. I, I know what he needs, like what support, what words he needs from me, what care he needs from me, for me to just be like, I know your week is busy this week, what do you need from me? And sometimes I wasn't vocalizing the fact that, I understand your schedule is busy and I'm here. Like I, I never used to say that, but just those words for him are like everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh wow, it's it's just, you know, understanding the, the little things that that person needs can mean everything to that person. So what if someone, says, so what if Jay says, hey, I need this.
0: yeah, And you're off doing your own thing mm-hmm. because you are absolutely, and this was going to be part of my next question is balancing the making sure that you are who you are being independent owning who Raddy is not who Jay Shetty's wife is and also making sure that you were there for your husband and there for his Mm -hmm. needs because I know that's very important to you and I've struggled with that myself there was one time though that we had to shoot it was impact theory big shoot it was a double shoot we had all crew here you know there was like 25 people um and Tom turned around to me and he was prepping for the episode and he had about an hour left. And he turns around to me and he's like, babe, can you get me my food? And I'm running around yeah, like, yeah, with yeah. the producers <laughs> and we <we're helping. clears throat> And I was like, I literally stopped in my tracks. I'm like, all right, I have a responsibility to the team. Mm-hmm. And I have a responsibility to my business partner, mm-hmm. Tom Billu. Mm-hmm. But now my husband, Kambilu, yes. is asking his wife yeah. to do him a favor. Yeah. So I literally was almost, in com- I was like in total conflict. I'm like, I pride myself on my job. I pride on myself on what I do. I pride myself in always showing up for my team. And now, but I pride myself on being a good wife. Yes. So they literally came into conflict. And so I stopped, I was like, all right, which one's more important in this moment? And I said, it's being there for my team. Yes. And so I turned to him and I said, I love you as my husband. So you can have to eat your own food i've
1: done the same thing before. I've, had to, I've done the same thing like if did I've been really busy battle? and like whether it's educate yeah I did if I've if I've had you know I do a, I, I read a course and so if I've got exams coming up and um if I've had a really busy day and I usually cook like breakfast lunch mm-hmm. and dinner for him but I definitely have had that where I'm like are you se- are you serious right now like you're asking me to get your lunch when I've got so much going on right now are you joking which now I've learned to be more clear where I'm like I'm really busy right now do you mind would you mind if you just because I used to have a bit of guilt attached to it right okay let's yeah. talk about that because it's exactly what i used to feel used to have a bit of guilt attached to it because i'm like oh you know like he's really busy and he's got so much going on and i know his stomach's bad and i want to be able to like cook for him and just make sure he gets the right nourishment um and then now we've come to solutions we've found places that are good for him and that nourish him in the same way and he's fine with it um and i i agree it's like a way of it's okay fine don't make don't beat yourself up about this you've cooked him his breakfast and his dinner he can have it you know he can he can get his lunch out and i love doing those things that thing is never anything that he you know, he doesn't expect it in what? any way. But those are things that I really love doing as part of like being a wife and as part of being a dietitian and someone who really cares about the food that we're putting into our bodies. I want to be able to do that for him. But I think we've come to an understanding that sometimes there will be times where he just he's he, he will like, you know, and he doesn't like cooking. And that's another thing, actually. I guess I are like, oh, you know, does it not bother you that he doesn't cook? I'm like, not at all. Mm. He does his strengths. Mm. I do my strengths and I'm totally cool with that and he doesn't expect me to cook yeah. um, and I find that it's really interesting because I find a lot of people who are like no like you know how man and woman should be equal I'm like yeah they, they can be equal but that doesn't mean they have to be equal in sharing responsibilities of cooking and sharing responsibilities of finance I don't want to do the finance you do that mm-hmm. I'll cook yeah um, and, I, and think I love that, that you planet, own it as well though yeah and I think sometimes because it's cooking and it seems there's a stereotypically wo- stereotypical woman thing people mm-hmm. are like oh like you cook and I'm like no I just love doing yeah, it if yeah. I didn't love That's cooking it wouldn't necessarily we be in the kitchen all the time. So, um, how do you actually overcome the guilt then? I think it just comes with the fact that he, he values what I'm doing as having the same kind of purpose and so do I now and so I feel like we're both living I may be doing it in different ways but he really sees that as something that's also like both of us just want to be to service to the world in some way and yeah I think you know it's natural like even for him like he gets guilt about like not spending enough time and I'm like no I get you like we have a time quality versus quantity Mm -hmm. and it's like I get quality time it may be for a short period of time but it's quality and in the same way like with what i'm doing if i'm not cooking him dinner i'm like okay fine 20 days out of or like six days out of seven i'm doing it if i'm not doing it that one relax it's okay Mm -hmm. like don't beat yourself up about it and that's what you say that's what i say yeah yeah it's fine you've had a busy day too just like he has and um yeah it's it's okay (laughs) the one thing because i
0: had the same thing like i had planned when i met tom like i thought i was gonna you know have four children and i was gonna you know that was gonna be my life and Over time, when I realized I didn't want kids, I realized I loved business. I really wanted to go all in on business. I started to feel guilty because I thought, Mm. "Have I given him false, um, like a false belief of who I, of the type of wife I was going to be?" So I started to feel guilty over it, and I was like, "Just sit down and talk to him."
1: Yeah. And so
0: I would sit down and talk to him. Was like, and I think he saw it coming because I was getting more and more invested in Quest, and I was building up our shipping department. And so one day I was like, I actually don't know if I want children anymore Mm. and because I love what I do. And I basically was going to say, hey, this is going to stop because I can't do both. I can't Mm. be in business and, you know, follow my passion and my dream there and then also be this intense at home. And he looked at me and he's like, look, I'd be lying if I told you it wasn't great having someone put out my clothes and cooking for me every day. But as much as that made me happy what would make me happier is seeing you happy yeah exactly but i had to have the discussion with him because he was eating me up inside because i just felt so guilty but then once i said it i was like wow i should have just said
1: it from the beginning yeah um, what is next for you? What are you excited about? Good question. I am excited about finally doing my videos, which I've definitely got planned for next year. Really allocating like solid amount of time to do cooking videos and um, health videos. Just, you know, whatever I'm learning in Ayurveda, I would love to share it with people because I found it's really helped me. So I'm really excited about that. Excited about the videos. Um, and actually, really excited about new like vegan products and stuff, like the bag and other things that I might be able to work on. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what's coming, but I feel excited about it. Like I don't know what it is, but something's going to be. I'm sure the next year is going to bring so many more surprises. Um, and I've just become. I've just learned to get excited about the unknown. That's so cool. yeah. <laughs> and what's your superpower? Well, I hope my superpower is. You know, giving out as much love as I can to people and making them feel very comfortable and and cared for and loved. And I feel like that's something that I'm really trying to embody as a superpower um, that I am able to give out love um, and really help people feel comforted and cared for. So where can people find um, you and the recipes that you're going to put out soon, your blog yes. and your videos? Um, so my name on Instagram is Radhi Devlukia. And um, everything will be, you'll be able to find my blog and everything from that. I haven't cool. actually got the website up and running to yet. Instagram. So. Instagram. Rest to be confirmed. All right. (laughs) Guys,
0: guys, I freaking adore this woman off screen. She's such a close friend of mine. I adore her. Everything you just saw is exactly how she is off off camera as well, (laughs) just so you know. So go follow her. Check out all the amazing things. And I'm so looking forward to her cooking shows. So stay tuned um, to watch those. And if you're not following me, guys, follow me at Lisa LisaBilyeu. And if this episode brought you value, please, please do subscribe. Click that subscribe button down there. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Bye. Bye.